Hello, crime listeners. My name is Nancy, and you're listening to One Last Crime Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about 17-year-old Japanese high school student Junko Furuta. Junko Furuta was actually captured and tortured for 44 days from four boys that she actually went to high school with. So let's start off by talking about Junko. Junko was born in Masato, Japan. She lived with her parents, a younger brother and an older brother. So she was the middle child. As a teenager, she attended Yasho Minami High School, and she actually worked part-time at a plastic molding factory um, after school hours. So she was known to be a very good student. She was going to high school. She was working. She was actually very liked. She was working to save up money for a graduation trip that she had planned, and she had dreams of becoming an idol singer as well. The night that Junko was abducted, she was rushing home after a shift at the plastic molding factory. She was on her way home, excited to see the very last episode of her favorite show, Dragonfly. So let's talk about the four teenage boys who did horrible, horrible things to Junko. These four boys actually went to high school with Junko. Um, The first boy, we're really going to pay attention to him because he was actually the leader in all of this. His name is Hiroshi Miyano. He was 18 years old at the time, and he was accompanied in these horrific acts by Joe Ogura, who was 17, Shinji Minato, who was 16, and Yoshi Watanabe who was 17 years old at the time. So Miyano, once again, the leader of the crime, had a history of problematic behavior. He was not a good kid since elementary school. He was shoplifting. He was damaging school property. And he was actually known to be part of a crime organization in Japan at the time. At the time of the crime, Hiroshi Miyano had been living with his girlfriend and was working as a towel worker to save up money to marry her. But unsatisfied with the job's low pay, Miyano became involved with a gangster and frequently committed sex crimes, which of course made his girlfriend lose interest in him and she left the relationship. She broke up with him. Junko and Hiroshi Miyano actually knew each other from high school and at one point it is said that Miyano had a crush on Junko which of course she turned down. He was involved with gangsters, he was doing crimes left and right so that that wasn't too attractive for Junko who was obviously the complete opposite. On the night of November 25th, 1988, Hiroshi Miyano was hanging out with one of his friends, Shinji, and they were doing as they do, hanging around, trying to stir up some trouble. They were actually looking for local women that they can rape, and they had intentions of robbing a couple of people here and there. At around 8.30, they spotted Junko on her way home as we knew before she was rushing home to watch the very last episode of her favorite tv show dragonfly well they see junko riding home and they come up with a horrible idea under hiroshi miyano's orders he tells shinji to kick junko off her bike and he is gonna hide and pretend that he did not 
see Shinji. He has nothing to do with it. And then he would take advantage of the situation to do horrible, horrible things to Junko. So as the boys had planned, Shinji kicks Junko off of her bike. Junko flies off her bike and Shinji flees the scene. And of course, here comes Hiroshi Miyano pretending to, by coincidence, witness the attack so that he can approach Junko and offer to walk her home. Of course, Junko, who is terrified because she has just been kicked off of her bike by some random person at night, it is 8.30 at night, so Junko accepts the offer thinking that Miyano is just being nice. As Miyano is pretending to walk Junko home, Junko is actually unaware that Miyano is not walking her home. Miyano is actually leading her to a nearby warehouse. Once they get to the warehouse, Miyano raped and threatened to kill Junko. He said that he was involved with local gangsters and if she were to try and escape or if she were to yell, he would call his gangster friends over and they would kill Junko. So Junko was terrified. As Junko is terrified, crying, Minayo actually calls the other four boys who were involved. He calls them over the phone and he brags about how he has Junko and how he just raped her. In the call, one of the boys, Joy Ogura, asked Miyano to keep her in captivity in order to allow numerous people to sexually assault her. At around 3 a.m., Miyano took Junko to a nearby park where the other three boys were waiting. They knew that Miyano had Junko and they were patiently waiting in the park, waiting for Miyano to show up with Junko. Once Miyano showed up with Junko, they took her backpack and they notated down her home address and they threatened her with that. They said that they knew where she lived and that they would kill her family if she attempted to escape. The four boys overpowered her, took her to their hangout spot, which happened to be Minato's parents' house. So they're on their way to Minato's parents' house with Junko at 3 in the morning. As soon as they get home to Minayo's house, of course, Minayo's parents were home and they were like, who is this? And Minayo forced Junko to act as his girlfriend so that Minayo's parents would not report them to the police. Hiroshi Minayo takes Junko into his room after he has convinced his parents that Junko is just his girlfriend. Why they are letting a 17-year-old boy at 3 a.m. in with his girlfriend, who knows? But it is reported that Minayo's parents were actually scared of Minayo. They said that he was aggressive and they kind of didn't care for Hiroshi and what he was doing. So they were like, well... That's Hiroshi and his girlfriend, and they just kind of kept it moving. And so Hiroshi takes Junko up to his room where Junko would have stayed 44 days and where Junko would go through the most horrific, horrific crimes, 
horrific tortures that you have ever heard. By this time in the night, Junko's parents are worried sick because Junko hasn't came home from work. So they contact the local police department and file a missing persons report for Junko. They also requested for a search to start for Junko the following day. When the boys find out that there will be a search for Junko, they force Junko to call her parents and let them know that she's fine, that she's just simply run away with some friends. She assures her parents that she's safe and she begs for them to call off her search, to which her parents do. I can only imagine the fear that must be running through Junko's head to know that somebody was coming. And now, now they're not. Now she has to find a way to get out, to get out alive, and to do it all by herself. Three days after Junko's abduction, Hiroshi invited two other boys to his house. The boys went upstairs where Junko was sitting wearing a long sleeve t-shirt and a skirt that Hiroshi Miyano had stolen from a clothing store a few days prior. They drank cough medicine, pretending it was drugs, and acted high. Since Junko saw that they were busy, she tried to run away, screaming in fear, and Miyano grabbed her legs as another boy placed a pillow over her face. Miyano's parents were awakened and went to check the scream, to which Minayo told them that it was nothing. Of course... Minayo's parents, obviously living in fear themselves, um, walked away and just ignored it. After Minayo's parents walk away, the group proceeds to gang rape Junko. The group held Junko captive in the Minayo residence again for 44 days, where they repeatedly beat, raped, and tortured her. They also commonly invited other men and teenage boys to the home and encouraged them to take turns raping Junko. Overall, it was confessed that Junko was raped more than 500 times by over 100 men and teenage boys. 100 men and teenage boys. So, so far, Minayo's parents, grown adults, 100 Men and teenage boys have seen Junko in this horrible condition and everybody decides to take advantage and walk away. That, crime listeners, is astonishing. It was also reported that she was raped by 12 men in one day. According to the group's statements, the four shaved her pubic hair and forced her to dance to music while naked. They also forced her to masturbate in front of them and they would leave her in the balcony in the middle of the night with little clothing. Mind you, this is November. November in Japan can go to negative degrees. And there Junko is on a balcony. She has been tortured. She has been beaten. She has been raped. And she has little to no clothes on the balcony trying to hold on for life. It was also recorded that they would insert objects into her vagina. They would also insert objects into her anus, including a lit match, metal rods, a bottle, a light bulb, 
and the list goes on. They would force feed her with large amounts of alcohol, milk, and water. So she was being starved because alcohol, no calories, has nothing in it, nothing good. Milk, nothing as well. And water. She was also forced to smoke multiple cigarettes at once and inhale paint thinner. It's also reported that they would pierce her nipples. Listen to this. This is horrifying. I cannot even get myself to say this more than a couple of times. They ripped her left nipple off with pliers. These boys were ripping her nipples. Not only were they ripping them, they also had pierced her nipples. In one incident, Hiroshi Miyano repeatedly burned Junko's legs and arms with lighter fluid. And by the end of December, Junko was severely malnourished. After, of course, only being fed small amounts of food and eventually only milk. Due to her severe injuries and infected burns, she became unable to go downstairs to the toilet and became confined to the floor of Miyano's room in a state of complete weakness. Junka's appearance was drastically altered from the brutal attacks that she faced every day. Her face was swollen. And it was so swollen to the point where it was difficult to make out Junko's features. Her body was so severely crippled from being beaten and tortured every day. And she was also giving off a rotten smell by this point. It had been roughly about one month in. She had no showers. She was being beat, was being tortured. So she was starting to smell, according to the boys. And this is what resulted in the boys not being sexually attracted to her anymore. They had used her. They had beat her to the point where she was barely alive. And that was it for them. They were done with Junko because she smelled. So as these boys do, they go around looking for somebody else to take since Junko is no good anymore for them. And they do find somebody. They actually gang raped a 19-year-old woman who, like Junko, was on her way home from work. And I'd like for you guys to remember this 19-year-old woman because she actually comes back at the end of the story. She is a key factor into Junko's story and why they were able to catch these four boys in these horrific crimes. We are now on the 4th of January and after losing a game of mahjong, which I did do a little bit of research on, and what it is is that it's a tile-based game. It's kind of like dominoes and was very popular in its time in Japan. Miyano had just came back from playing a game and he was very upset because he lost. So, of course, he decided to take it off on Junko. That day, he poured lighting fluid all over Junko's body and set her on fire. Junko allegedly made attempts to put out the fire, but gradually became unresponsive. The boys continued to punch her, ignited a candle, and dripped hot wax on her face. 
They place two short candles on her eyelids and force her to drink her own urine. After she was kicked, she fell into a stereo unit and collapsed into fit convulsions. These boys thought that the convulsions were just a way to get them to stop. So what did they do? They set Junko on fire once again. At this point, Junko was beating profusely, so the four boys decided to cover their hands in plastic bags and proceed with the tortures. They had Junko lay down on her back and they would drop iron exercise balls onto her stomach over and over again. This attack reportedly lasted two hours and Junko eventually succumbed to her wounds and died that day. Once Hiroshi Minayo notices that Junko is dead and he can go to jail for her death, he decides to wrap her body in blankets and shoved her into a travel bag. He would then place her body into a 55 U.S. gallon drum and fill it with wet concrete. At around 8 p.m., he loaded it and eventually disposed of the drum into a cement truck in Tokyo. During her captivity, Junko had mentioned many times that she regretted not being able to go home to watch the final episode of her favorite show, Dragonfly. So Hiroshi found the videotape of the last episode of Dragonfly and placed it in the bag. Also, he later explained that it was not because he pitied Junko, but because he didn't want her to return as a ghost and haunt him. So Hiroshi tortured, murdered, and raped Faruko for 44 days, but the boy is scared of a ghost. On January 23rd, around 20 days after disposing of Junko's body in the cement drum, Miyano was arrested with Joe Oguro, one of the boys that he would usually hang out with. They were arrested for the rape of a 19-year-old girl who they had kidnapped in December. Do you guys remember that girl that they had went after because they were no longer attracted to Junko because of her smell? Well, it came back to bite them in the butt. They were arrested. During the interrogation, Hiroshi believed that one of the officers was aware of Junko's murder. They had no idea for a while that they were actually being arrested for the rape of the 19-year-old woman. Hiroshi believed that the officers were in on it. He actually believed that Joe Ogura had confessed to the crime against Junko. So Miyano decided to tell the police where to find Junko's body. Just blurt it out. Here is where you can find Junko's dead body. Of course, the police are puzzled. They're looking at each other, not knowing what he's confessing, but knowing that he is confessing to a murder. So not only is he in for rape, he's in for a suspected murder. The police followed Hiroshi's confession directions and they were able to find Junko's body the following day. They found the drum with Junko's body filled in cement. So the only way that they were able to identify her was with fingerprints. And on April 1st, 1989, 
Joe Ogura and Hiroshi Miyano were arrested for the murder of Junko and the rape of the 19-year-old woman. Several other accomplices who participated in Junko's abuse were identified as well. They were able to find DNA on and inside Junko's body, and they were able to identify two other men by the name of Tetsuo Nakamura and Kiyochi Ihara. They were also charged with rape. The prosecution following these horrific acts is horrific within itself. The boys were sealed by the court because they were all juveniles. However, journalists discovered their identities and published them either way. They stated that given the severity of the crime, they did not deserve to have their right to staying anonymous. All the four boys pled guilty to committing bodily injury that resulted in death rather than murder. And in July 1990, a lawyer court sentenced Hiroshi Minayo, the leader of the crime, to the 17 years in prison to which Hiroshi later tried to appeal, and the Tokyo High Court actually decided to add an additional three years to his prison. Hiroshi's parents were not charged. However, Junko's parents were dismayed by the sentences received by their daughter's killers, and they actually won a civil suit against the parents of Hiroshi Minayo, in whose home the crimes were committed. After his release, Minayo moved in with his mother once again and in 2018 was arrested again for the attempt murder after beating his 32-year-old man with the metal rod and slashing his throat with the knife. One of the other boys, Yasushi Watanabe, who was originally sentenced to three to four years in prison, received an upgraded sentence of five to seven years. At the time of the murder, he was only 17, and that is what the court deemed correct, quote-unquote correct, for his role in the crime. Joe Gora, one of the other boys, served eight years in a juvenile prison before he was released in August 1999. After his release, he actually took on a different last name. After these boys' names had been blasted on the newspaper, they were all over the news. It was of his best interest to just switch out his name. Joe Ogura was to have said to show off his role in the kidnapping, of Junko, he was also said to show off about the rape and go into details with the other inmates at the juvenile prison. And when he was released, it wasn't long after he was arrested again for assaulting a man by the name of Takatoshi Yasono, which who he thought had been involved with his girlfriend at the time. Ogura tracked Yasono down and beat him and shoved him into a truck. He also told him that he had murdered before and that he was not scared of doing it again. Ogura reportedly beat this man for four hours straight, telling him about how he can get away with murder and he was not afraid to kill. Ogura was sentenced to seven years in prison for assaulting Isono and has then been released. It was allegedly said that Ogura's mother vandalized Junko's grave, stating that she had ruined her son's life. 
Junko, a 17-year-old girl who her son, along with four other boys, had beaten, had killed, had tortured for 44 days. It was her fault, according to his mother. It was her fault that he had went down the path that he had went and that he had, quote unquote, ruined his life. Many, believing myself, think that these sentences were too light for the severity of the crimes. I understand that they were underage, but I do believe that they should have been treated as adults. And I do believe that they deserved life in prison. But this was the ruling that the court gave at the time. And they obviously came out to do more harm than good. So they didn't change in prison. I do believe that this system failed Junko. The police failed Junko. Parents involved failed Junko. And this is just a very sad, sad result of when the system fails to do what's right and to bring justice to Junko's family. Junko's funeral was held on the 2nd of April of 1989, and one of her friends gave the following beautiful speech. She said, Welcome back. I have never imagined that we would see you again in this way. You must have been in so much pain, so much suffering. The happy, which is a traditional Japanese coat that we made for you at school, looked really good on you. We will never forget you. I have heard that the principal has presented you with the graduation certificate, so we graduated together, all of us. Junko, there is no more pain. There is no more suffering. Please rest in peace. That is the story of Junko Furuko and the horrible, tragic things that she passed at the hands of Hiroshi and four other young boys. For the span of 44 days, Junko was raped, tortured, and killed. And this is what they got. Hiroshi being the leader of the group, 17 years, and the other boys only getting from 4 to 8 years in prison. What do you guys think? How long do you guys think would have been a good punishment for these boys? I do hope you guys give me your feedback on my Instagram, One Last Crime Podcast, and also on my YouTube channel, One Last Crime Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you crime listeners on the next one.